Welcome to episode 465 of the Overlook Hour. I'm your host, Clark Little. Along with me, as always, is the man sitting across the table from me. He is wearing a black shirt. His name is Russell Chubb, the Fisherman. Hi, happy Halloween. We're in the middle of October, and I'm excited. You know, it was just, uh, today is uh, Sunday the 15th, <laughs> which if you do your math, a couple days ago was Friday the 13th. What'd you do on Friday the 13th, Russ? Uh, oh my God. Why did you ask me that? I feel like it's a curveball. You didn't know you were putting me out there, but uh, did we do anything cool, Oksana? Yeah, you're actually going to be talking about it later in this episode. Oh, oh God, that's what we God. call a tease <laughs> that you failed miserably. Totally did. And also joining us in studio is Oksana Valerian of Osachi. Hello. Oksana, she remembers what you did two days ago on the, the 13th. <laughs> Maybe because I have my planner out right in front of me. Hey, now. Although I didn't write it down, did I? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Not on this page, no. (laughs) And uh, not joining us this week is Randy Michael Stat, who is on assignment. I believe he is currently uh, in Massachusetts. I think his parents are in town. They're they're all over the place. So, Uh, and also, frankly, uh, Randy gets a little spooked in October. So, uh, you know, uh, these these scary episodes. I think we scared him off with the two sentence horror story last week. I think Boogeyman By the scared way, him. I cannot stress this enough: the failure that Randy and Oksana had on last week's two two sentence horror story, <laughs> where you couldn't even come up with neither I one know, of you could even come up with an answer. You could have said a box of pickles. <laughs> that sentence confused me so deeply that I just like it was yeah. terrible. Yeah, it was a, I don't know. I, I thought Billy would be better than that. You don't, I don't like a comma. Keep it really tight. That's the kind of two sentence. That thing had a comma, a semicolon. <laughs> it was a whole, it was a whole thing. Still uh, way better than the Reddit um, submissions we get, which oh, we yeah. still get them. And I, I, dude, I took a look and I'm like, I don't even know. You can't air those. You just can't do it. Most of the time, they don't even follow the format, which well, couldn't be simpler. What about our, our dear friend, Brench Fry? Oh, what's, yeah. What's happened to him? I don't know. That's a good question. I bet you have a couple of his that never made it to the air. I think they all did. Well, I'm pretty sure they did. The prolific Brench Fry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, RIP. God, what was that, two years ago? At, at time is a flat circle, friend. <laughs> God, really? Fuck, we've been doing this a while, huh? Yeah. Oh well, this is our um our season now, and now that Randy's not here and you can't talk about donuts for a half hour. Well, it's it, you know we're it, we're already halfway through October. I, I know we are we're halfway. And I feel like we we just we just kicked this thing off. Yeah, we got two more weeks left though. That's right. Halloween, yeah. spooky season, candy. It's gonna be fun. Oh oh oh! By the way, um, just in time for Halloween. Um, I I saw this this morning when I uh, viewed the the latest Mr. Beast video. Uh, that d- Russell, did you know they, that we now have uh, snack size feastables? Yeah, from Mr. Beast. I did, but not because of the video. I actually didn't watch the. Did video. you see some out in the wild? Um, where were we, Oksana? I saw yeah. a whole like end cap of, mm-hmm. of feastables. Yeah, it was kind of shocked. It was at Lucky's. Honestly, you know, I wanted to buy one, but of I'm the like, chocolates or the cookies? I see the cookies. I don't want the cookies. Oh, I don't know. We didn't, didn't look close enough. Yeah. Okay. I was embarrassed either way. I got a little bit excited, and I'm like, nobody can see me buy those. Oh, dude, everybody's going to see you buy Mr. Beast runs this country. 
Just wait. He's going to be Presidente. What? <laughs> Him or Logan? You got to pick one. I'd vote Mr. Beast over Logan. Okay, good. Then we can still be friends. Did you see uh, your Logan Paul, Dylan Dennis fight? Of course flop? I did. Oh, my God. People are, I, I mean, they win. Congratulations. What a goddamn marketing tour they did with the just trash my newly wife, like to no end. <laughs> and then bring up a lawsuit and then we'll go in there and we'll disappoint everybody who paid. I did. Yeah. So what happened with the fight? <laughs> Nothing. I mean, um, Logan beat him up. That's yeah. kind of it. It went all the rounds. There was nothing. Yeah, I uh, I got caught in a thread where somebody had um, pulled all of the sports announced people, people who like do recaps on sporting events, mm-hmm. all of them talking shit on the pay-per-view. Yeah. A, a lot of it went, yeah, y'all paid for this. Congratulations. Like shit like that. Right. I, I know they won. It's the game. Yeah, exactly. And that's what they do. I mean, you know. His brothers basically saved boxing from doing that shit. That's why that documentary on Netflix was great. Uh, the untold series that they did on Jake Paul mm-hmm. is that, you know, you had guys like Mike Tyson talk about the importance of Jake Paul in boxing. He's like, hey, man, say what you will. But, like, he's saving the sport right yeah. now. I mean, dude, the movie, The Great White Hype, is all about it. The drama leading up to the fight. And you know what? I am a huge victim of it. Well, I love it. I well, can't I can't get enough. I'm telling I you, I, I think that, you know, we're starting to see it more and more in sports uh, to a more positive effect. Um, and, you know, you look at what Deion Sanders is doing at Colorado. Taylor Swift at the NFL. Pl- yeah, of course, they go oh, hand in hand. Also, I have to mention, I heard you listening. I think it was SNL. And they had what they, I heard somebody doing a Bradshaw. Is he not dead yet? No, he's, he's still he, Does he look like a giant crypt keeper by he now? Does. Oh, so they were doing him, and honestly, I thought it was pretty good because they they were talking about how it's not the Taylor Swift show. And then uh, somebody said that her and her boyfriend, and they got into a discussion about it. And then I I heard you immediately turn it off. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> this is not fun. I don't. I was into it. I was in the next room. I'm kind of like, oh, okay. And then click. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, all right. And then I heard you turn on New Frasier. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I watched the first God. episode of New Frasier. Tossed and scrambled eggs. I hate That made me cringe. And do it again. Although, you don't like Frasier? I, I used to watch it. I can't. You know who loves it? Frasier was a good show. I don't, I'm not into it. The new one is exactly what you're thinking. I, you know, it, you got to live it. You got to give it time to breathe and time to develop. But essentially what's happened now is that Frazier has moved back to Boston. Okay. He is um, now at the, at in the first episode, we meet his estranged son. Well, similar estranged son, who's a firefighter in Boston. Oh, he's like a manly man. Who, well, not really. He's <laughs> he's sort of a twinky looking firefighter. Oh, what the fuck? Um, yeah, not not a not a manly looking firefighter. A very uh, twinkish firefighter. That's weak. He should have had like a toxic masculinity son whose roommate has <laughs> a young good. baby. Okay, and so and then Frazier thought that that was his grandchild, but it was not. And so then. Frazier ended up buying the entire apartment complex that his son lives in and now moved in across the hall. Oh, no. Because he took a job at Harvard as okay. a professor. Oh, my God. I can't. Have fun with that show. You know, whenever I think of Frazier, I think of East Bay cinematographer Jasadi Perkins, who when um, whenever he crashes here, he regularly sleeps downstairs. That's his nighttime show. Frazier? Yeah. 
He just puts on Frasier and falls asleep immediately. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, as that's the whitest show known to man. <laughs> know, isn't it funny? You know, it brings him comfort and takes him straight down to oh uh, Sleepy God. Town, USA. Just well, that's bores, what the whites do. Bores him into a coma. That's it. All right. Well, uh, I know you're excited for a potentially short episode because Randy's not here. Um, we do have a little bit of bookkeeping. I will. Uh, actually, the Glory Hole aired. That's the right. First episode. Um, I I checked it. I tuned in. Checked it out. Uh, Dave's definitely gotten better at the craft. And uh, I got to tell you, it's a little, it makes me uneasy watching the show, knowing that I might pop up at any time. And thankfully I did not, but Oksana did. I know. And uh, she was looking round. God, did, <laughs> did Cliff came out a couple days after that, right? I'm pretty sure it was like the next Friday I got sent to the hospital. <laughs> no, I think it was that weekend. Oh, maybe. She came on screen and I went, oh my God. Like you're looking big, and uh, I wasn't even due. I was supposed to be two more weeks. And if you if you stuck around for the blooper, uh, he came. This was all like in the spot, and he was like, "Hey, can you do something for me?" And he dressed her up as a nun, and he's <laughs> like, "Oh, what I want you to do is say this line and drink from this flask." Well, she did it on the first try. There was liquid in the flask. It was water. Okay. I mean, <laughs> but at the end, so you put it in the blooper at the end of the show and uh, that part isn't mentioned. So if you watched it and you're wondering, did he just give her whiskey? <laughs> no, it was water. Yeah, it's, it's a movie magic, friend. Yeah, it's a movie magic. I mean, it would be a little irresponsible and coming from us, I get it. But no, it was just water. Um, all- confirm that I'm officially a thespian? I've known that for a long time. I know. Oh my God. Um, and, uh, also <laughs> this weekend on Saturday, I'm going to be teaming up with our, uh, longtime friend, Bay area cinema expert, uh, Benji from the warp dimension, Benji, as I will be sucked in the warp dimension. And uh, I, the only thing I have to go off, this is a text he gave me where it says at 6 6 PM PST, uh, that is press play on the VCR warp dimension intro clips, trailer, let's family clips. This is going to be six hours of Amityville horror movies. Oh, boy. Yeah. And you know what? Fuck it. I'm all in. I think actually we're going to throw a party here at the house and we're just going to double down. So hopefully I'll be drinking and popping in and out of a live stream only to add chaos to the tight ship that is the Benji Voyager. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Traveling through the warp dimension. And hopefully I will be out of the house. (laughs) During this time, <laughs> no, dude, I'm gonna bring you on stream. It's gonna be you can wear those glasses you got on. Hell yeah! Which, um, what do you call those? I don't know the name of the company, but they don't have little ear arms, they got a string you wrap around your head. Yeah, it's a strap all the way around. <laughs> they looks like you're about to get on a basketball court. That's right. Little, little horse grant action for you, baby. Also, I don't like your low energy, but I know what happened. Do you want to? Give a little insight in case you have to run away at some point. Am I low energy right now? You feel it, but I do I think know. I'm in a good zone right now. I'm in the pocket. All right. I'm feeling a little nauseated. Yes. Yeah. Do you want to explain nope. that? Why? Come on. Nope. It's good. It's not good. It's a little depressing, but I mean, you kind of bring it up on the interview Thursday. Okay. Okay. Well, in, in, in a long way of doing this, it's, uh, you know, we're behind schedule. Today. And I don't know what to do with my extra time. And uh, I think I snuck in more cigarettes than I should have. And now I feel nauseated. And yeah. End of story. We'll see you next week. <laughs> okay.
come on. You got to talk about running to the bathroom three times. That was once. It was three times. Was- the, fir- the first time when you when I asked you if you wanted to just start right away, I thought you had a mouthful of uh, mouthwash. No, it was spit. Yeah, it it definitely wasn't puke because I didn't hear that. But yeah, that's you had cool. a lot. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, I'm man. glad we're talking about this. <laughs> and you have that nice like veneer, that gloss of like somebody who's fighting off a nausea wave. It, it looks good on you. Yeah, I f- I'm, I'm I'm feeling much better. I needed you know about thirty forty five minutes. And, uh, <laughs> we're good. You got like 10, 15. No, I no, I was laying on my bed watching Frasier. <laughs> You missed all that. It's the damn show. That's why. Yeah, um, the show's not great. I'm probably going to hang in there, though. Really? Okay. Dude. Also, Kelsey Grammer, I'm not saying he look. he doesn't look bad. Like, he looks okay, but he just looks, he look. He, he, he has that look of like, um, you know, a, a wealthy man in South Florida that is very tan and their skin is very tight. Got it. You know what I mean? Yeah. That that's that it's it's wealthy old man leathery skin, uh, very reptilian, uh, very Washington D.C. Liver spot. I wouldn't call it liver. Like again, he doesn't look bad. Not like Terry Bradshaw, but he just Terry Bradshaw's. I mean, he just looks old. <laughs> he's a crib keeper, you know. He's got the haircut. He's a uh, Bradshaw's been around. Yeah, he's been around. Also, I don't know how in. Many rotations. I don't know how old Kelsey Grammer is. I'm gonna guess he's. I was gonna look it up. I'm gonna guess he's seventy years old. Damn Grammer. I'm gonna uh, say Grammer seventy. No. You have a guess? Uh, eighty. No. No <laughs> way. Dumbest guess I've ever heard. <laughs> of aging this man. All right, how old is he? 68. 68. Oh, almost there. You busted, dude. He almost there at the magical age. Price is right. You fucked up. You just lost the fucking showcase. I did. did. I'm pro Price is right rules. I came in there with an aggressively dumb. (laughs) And you fucked it up. You should have bet a dollar. All right. right. Anything else up top? No. Um, So a uh, headline came up when I searched him. Here we go. Kelsey Grammer's crotch tattoo stops him from cheating. I'm sorry. <laughs> what All the right. Fuck? We'll okay. bite. <laughs> um, oh, it's his wife's tattoo is named on his crotch to prevent him from cheating. His wife's tattoo is sorry. named on his crotch? His Wait. wife's name is tattooed on his crotch. T- and that works? <laughs> yeah. I- <laughs> so, if he's, so if he's about to, you know, get some work in, extracurriculars... Oh. What he's just gonna look down? I get it. Yeah, and see his wife's name near his penis, and yeah. be like, "Oh no, no, no!" He well, again, he is eighty years old. He's probably got Alzheimer's. Fourth wife. Oh, he had to memento his dick. Yeah. So when he looks at it, he's like, "Oh yeah." Oh, I property of that. Melinda. <laughs> Whatever his wife's name is. Melinda was good. I would have believed it. Sure. All right. Well, um, there there are a couple other things. Again, Randy's out. It's been a long time coming. You know, you keep taking shots at me from a fucking cross the field, and you're gonna get got. So, Randy, I uh, hope we'll see you next week. God. Also, David Lynch is out. I don't know what's going oh, on with him. He uh, he sent in an audio recording. He is contractually binded to do so. What I learned from last time. Again, I don't like to get into the legal workings of this show, but we've got him. So don't worry. You won't miss out on David Lynch anymore. But, um, again, uh, the space door won't be opening. But we do have Lynch. Are we ready for that? Nothing else up top? No, let's do it. All right. Well. 
here we go. Uh, let me cue up this recording. All right, this is weird. Here we go. Good morning. It's October 15, 2023, and it's a Sunday what? in the heart of spooky season, day two of weekend projects, and the fun work train is rolling. Today, I'll be ordering a damn fine cup of coffee. I've had I can't tell you how many cups of coffee in my life, and this train serves one of the best. And today, in the library car, I'll be continuing my research by reading up on Frank Ralph Conabare. I found a copy of his best-known book, The Wise One, a story about the adventurous life of a black beaver. I'm sorry I couldn't be there with you boys, but Chuck insisted. I stay and reread his now-signed copy of The Secret Diary of Laura Palmer. I warned you, David. Wrap it Everyone, up. have a great day. <laughs> What is happening? I don't know, dude. <laughs> Who was that background voice? I warned you, David. What is that? It sounds like he's having strokes. Also, he did. Also, what year did he say it was? I don't, dude. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. What in the world? I don't know. He didn't show up. I didn't ask. Maybe I should have. Lord of mercy. Yeah, it is spooky season. Maybe he's playing a prank on us. Um, oh, it gave me a headache. <laughs> <laughs> I um, we we have another segment on this fucking show. What is it? It's a two sentence horror story. Okay. Yeah, you're Are already. <laughs> It's just, you know, you hear these things for the first time and you don't know how they're going to go. And then you get these these interesting, you know, they're digital distortions and it, it's just like a little curveball. It's yeah. very, it's you, very interesting. You have, you have unlocked <laughs> Pandora's AI. Don't, That's what you've done. You're, you're so scared of AI, yet it was the villain in your favorite movie. So I understand a That's little bit. That's fair. Oh, that, why do you think it was my favorite villain? <laughs> what was his name? The Entity? The Entity. Yeah. I only know that because they ripped off Dead by Daylight. Okay, first yeah. of all, you need to know that that's not true. <laughs> yeah, they did. The entity is from Dead by Daylight. No, no, no. Okay, I know Billy. God, he travels out here too. Let's get him in here. Um, here we go. Anticipation, a game of two sentences. It's time for two sentence horror story. Live or die. Here's the thing. It's as I said, this is the best thing or you've done. But I I, I think it still sounds like shit on the episode. <laughs> Because Randy's our engineer. Also, I have to say, this is the dumbest show. This is the dumbest fucking podcast ever. Um, again, two-sentence horror story. Billy makes me read this every week. Uh, it's a game. He's going to give us one sentence. We have to predict the end. We are currently 0 for 2. Oksana, are you ready this week? <laughs> I'm ready. There's pressure. Okay, we're currently 0 for 2. Um, uh, Billy looks ready. Are you all ready to hear this week? I just, I, I will say. <laughs> As a defense, last week's one was terrible. Okay. I'm I'm hoping this one's much better. All right, Billy, you hear that? All right, 
He's he's not nodding his head. I'm excited. I, I feel like this one will be better. All right, you ready, Oxon? I see you on your phone. I'm ready. Okay, you got to pay attention this time. <laughs> pay attention. All right, Billy. So it turns out you can feel everything that happens to your body after death. All right, y'all want to hear it again? Yeah, give it one more time. One more. Here we go. So it turns out you can feel everything that happens to your body after death. So it turns out you can feel everything to your body after death. I don't know. How did I already? I can't remember it already. Do it one more time. But, but, he's getting angry. I don't give a fuck about that little doll. Okay. I'll fuck Last him time. Up. Oksana, are you listening? <laughs> yes. Last time. So it turns out you can feel everything that happens to your body after death. All right, Oksana, ladies first. <laughs> Nothing again. Come on, Clark. You got one. Uh, ladies first. She has to. She has to bring this home. Um, <laughs> including the poison searing through your veins. Oh my god! Oh, he rang his yeah. bell at you, dude. <laughs> I don't bad. think that's good. <laughs> All right, Clark. All right, give it one more time. One more. <laughs> If I knew Billy. I could ask for one more. <laughs> what would you get three before you answered? Okay. Billy. No, do it. I already have okay. mine locked up, but it's going to sound better for okay. the listener. Okay, okay, Billy. You down with that? All right. So it turns out you can feel everything that happens to your body after death. Or at least that's what your mom told me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, that could be it. Thank you. That could be it. All right, Billy, are you ready to deliver the whole thing? Okay. So it turns out you can feel everything that happens to your body after death. I suppose I should be flattered my husband still finds me attractive. All right. Nice. <laughs> Billy, he's going dark again. Ah. All right. Oh, wait, no. He's telling me. Oh, hold on. He's telling me cut the music. Oh, Billy. Oh, he's, he's plugging in. He's got his own. Okay, here we go. You failed once again. Did you think there would be no consequence? Week one's failure resulted in David Lynch paying the ultimate price. Trapped on a train with a pig-headed fan. Week two came and went, and none of you took Randy seriously when his childlike fear of bumps in the night was amplified. Spoiler alert, his parents aren't visiting. Now you fail for a third week in a row. Russell. It's your turn. You are sentenced to the warp dimension, where you will test your resolve in a six-hour live stream with former guest, Benji. There is a final week. Let's see how you fare then. Live or die. I'm fucked. <laughs> I'm so glad Billy did a little U-turn on his tricycle to deliver that message. All right. That was good. Does that mean Randy's dead? <laughs> Randy's been dead. I did text him over the weekend too. Yeah. And uh, he, he gave me a really weird response. I, uh, here's a little bit of a teaser. I watched, what the fuck was the name of that movie? No one will save you. The alien one that dropped on Paramount. Hulu. Hulu. Okay. And I texted him. What do you think this movie was about? Like looking for like, I don't know, exploration into the themes and because it is a really weird movie. And uh, he answered, I don't know, aliens. <laughs> it's 
So I don't know. Aliens? That might have been Billy. Now that I'm looking back on it, but I don't know if Billy's been to Atlanta. Clear. I don't know. Oh, Billy loves the strip clubs in Atlanta. Yeah. <laughs> he goes to Cheetah. I think that's the name of the place. I don't know. No, Magic City. That's the place in Atlanta. That's where they had the um, the lemon pepper wet wings. Ew. That became a- uh, The WAP wings? <laughs> the WAP wings. Oksana, where's your friend work? What strip club in Atlanta? Do you remember? I don't know if I ever knew. Oh, okay. She hangs out with a stripper from Atlanta. Or she used to. She moved back to Atlanta. Excellent. Yeah. yeah, but she's not. Now she's a mom, so she's no longer dancing. A stripper but mom. She's no longer dancing, yet she got what operation, Oksana? <laughs> Boob implants. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, that baby needs a suckle on silicone. <laughs> it was embarrassing before. She had yeah. to amp up them up. There you go. All right. Well, with Randy out of the picture. For good, uh, apparently. I'll I'll go ahead and get us kicked off a of movie talk this week. Wait, and David too. Oh, I don't know who we could hire to replace David. Randy, that's not so hard. Yeah. <laughs> Bring back Neil up. Oh, dude, he's available. All right. Uh, I don't, uh, Russell. I'll, I'll I'll let you figure. Uh, I'll let you decide uh, how you want me to kick this off. I got three movies. Two movies are sort of paired together. So I have a, a pseudo-horror movie, um, and I've got two very different legal dramas that I'm packaging <laughs> together. The real horror so, of So do you, do you want the, uh, the bookend of, of legality, or do you want a little Hulu horror? Huluween. Oh, my Huluween. I got a lot of Huluween coming up, too. Um, I guess we'll go for the double feature. But you know yeah. what I just realized, too? Yeah. Is this the third week in October? So it's Saturday, the third October, and the third Saturday in October. There, yeah, that that's that's this coming Saturday. Oh, is when, okay. Is when uh, the University of Tennessee will play the University of Alabama. Okay, we should uh, we should watch the movie again. Is that available? I think it is, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's out. Okay. I'm always worried about saying it's out because normally when Randy was still alive, he would come at me and be like, "What the fuck are you talking about? It's not out yet." And I'm like, "Okay, I I'll get to relax now that he's dead." Yeah. Like marbles. <laughs> everyone's, David. W- everyone's wish has come true. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, let's go ahead and kick it off with the legal double bill. Now, I did not anticipate this at all. Um, I didn't even know that the f- this first movie I'm about to talk about was even a movie until I think the day before I saw it. Uh, on Amazon Prime, uh, a film was released this week called The Burial. Inspired by true events, a lawyer helps a funeral home owner save his family business from a corporate behemoth, exposing a complex web of race, power, and injustice. This is starring Jamie Foxx and Tommy Lee Jones. Now, this movie is about a funeral director in Mississippi. So in what universe am I not going to watch this movie? Um, it's, it's exactly... What you think it's going to be? It is. It is highly studio produced. I mean, it. it, it you know what it reminded me of? Um, sort of reminded me of the Green Book, which came out several years ago that won the Oscars. That um, I think it won Best Picture, and everyone's like, "What the hell?" Did oh yeah, because yeah. the Fairley yeah. Brothers directed it. Yeah, and um, well, that had a fantastic cast with Mahersha Ali and uh, Viggo Mortensen. This also has a great cast of, of Jamie Foxx and Tommy Lee Jones. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones playing Garrett 
uh, Jeremiah O'Keefe, um, who is the founder of uh, the O'Keefe. Uh, I can't even uh, think of the the second name in the title, but um, he had a chain of funeral homes that I still think are, are prevalent in the state of Mississippi, uh, all throughout South Mississippi. So I, I knew his name from that. Um, I don't remember this uh, legal drama because it happened in like the mid nineties. I mean, in the mid nineties, you know, Russ, I was ten years old. I'm mm-hmm. I'm, I'm busy, you know, uh, mimicking the Mighty Ducks. Uh, with my rollerblades, and uh, you know, I'm I'm doing a lot of outdoor activities. I don't I'm not really keeping up on the the legal proceedings of funeral homes and insurance companies uh, located in Canada. But that's essentially what happened is that Tommy Lee Jones made a deal um, with a uh, guy named Lowen, who owned um, a giant corporation. Who basically their business model was to buy up funeral homes and insurance businesses. Uh, because that's a it's a pretty lucrative business, and then as we learn that um, he even had a more specific business model of not only buying up funeral homes but buying up funeral homes in very poor areas. Mm. And um, Tommy Lee Jones was having um, some insurance issues with the uh, state tax collective, um, and uh, had a you know needed to needed to get some cash, so he was going to sell off. I think three of his eight funeral homes um, to Mr. Lowen and also made Mr. Lowen uh, promise to not sell insurance in the state of Mississippi because that would also infringe upon his business. And they did a handshake deal on a very expensive yacht in Canada. And uh, four months later, the paperwork still didn't come through. He didn't have anything signed. And... um, a uh, guy on his legal team was like, hey, I think he's uh, sweating you out here, and he's not going to sign this deal, and he's screwing you over. He's like, all right, well, I'm going to sue him. <laughs> so he, <laughs> dis- yeah. he sues him, and he picks up um, – he goes after uh, a big-time lawyer named Willie Gary. Now, Willie Gary, at that time um, – and as it turns out, Willie Gary's still with us, by the way. Uh, Jeremiah O'Keefe passed several years ago. Uh, but Willie Gary was one of the biggest trial lawyers in the country. Very, very successful and very, very rich and is very, very, um, you know, he's, if Jamie Foxx is playing this guy, you can imagine of how, uh, how much riz this guy has, as the kids say. Very charismatic gentleman. He has two, he has two planes called Wings of Justice and Wings of Justice 2. Um but the thing is, is that this guy, um, he did he did PI law, Russell, personal injury. That's where the money is because he's suing the big corporations. Oh, yeah, yeah. So this particular uh, suit was contract law. And uh, the, here's a quote from the movie. Uh, Willie Garrett don't do good old contracts. <laughs> That's what you can expect out of this movie. Uh, but they filed in Hines County, which is the county just north of my home county of Capaya County. And in Hines County, um, it's 70% African-American, 70% mm-hmm. black. So they knew that they were going to be in a pri- uh, primarily black county, meaning that they were probably going to have a black judge and they were probably going to have a mostly black jury. So they were like, guess what? You got to have a black lawyer. And then once the defense figured out that, um, excuse me, that the prosecution figured out that the defense was going with a black attorney. They went and got their fancy black attorney too. So that's where sort of the race comes into that. And it, it, and 
we uncover more about Lowen and, you know, their whole strategy of, and they also screwed over the National Baptist Convention. Um, oh, you don't do that. Which plays, well, yeah, that was the <laughs> other thing. It's like they made $1.2 billion off that deal oh my God. and only donated like two hundred grand. And so that's kind of what tipped over the, uh, the case at the end. Um, and he was actually awarded um, $500 million in the lawsuit which would have bankrupt the company. And they appealed, and the final suit was about, I think, $150 million is what he was able to make off this, um, this lawsuit, uh, which eventually uh, Lowen Group folded anyway. Um, so, I mean, you know, I think they filmed most of this in New Orleans. They did some, like, city line shots in Jackson. Um, I don't, they didn't film in Jackson, but... Um, you know, you can see Jackson's very sparse skyline um, as they showed that uh, in some areas. But um, did you like it? I mean, here's the thing: it goes down easy. Uh, <laughs> you know, Jamie Foxx is he's fun to watch. Yeah, and he, you know, he's uh, he's 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 an amped up lawyer this whole time. It's it gets very cartoonish at times, and it's it's not. Um, you can tell that they're going for a, a crowd pleasing sort of angle. Um, it's mm-hmm. not really a, a, uh, a hard legal drama, a courtroom drama. We do get some interesting courtroom stuff, but you know, it's, it's kind of what you expect. I will also say, um, that the guy playing, uh, Lowen is the great Bill Camp. And Russ, if you can remember, Bill Camp, uh, played the title, uh, the title character Vampiro in, um, yeah. Uh, the child abduction movie that I can't think of. Sound of Freedom. Yeah. Uh, so I, I I love Bill Camp, and anytime he shows up, I'm super excited. And he's just very good at playing scumbags, and he was a great scumbag here. And um, yeah, uh, th- there's no reason to to watch this uh, <laughs> if you've got no interest in that. If if this is not your thing, this is not the movie to make it your thing. Um, it's it is straightforward. Uh, I will say, though, that the whole movie felt like a family sort of PG-13, but a lot of language. Like, it's R. It, 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 there's, I don't think it needed to have that much language in it, you know? It's, uh, it seems like it's, uh, you know, it's, it's for the whole family. But, uh, <laughs> I don't know, a little more crass than I was anticipating. Yeah, I heard about this movie and I was like, Oksana, I can't wait to show Cliff the burial. <laughs> it's a family yeah. film. <laughs> and also, I'll say this: Tommy Lee, he's he's great in this because he's he's you know he's not amped up and he's not doing his you know angry old man thing. He actually plays a nice man in this. Oh, um, and so that's kind of fun to see. Um, I will say he looks very old, very old in this. There were times where it was like if it was a yeah, I mean, look at that. Yeah. I mean, come on. He he is cracking in front of us. Now, if you gave him Terry Bradshaw's hair, <laughs> then we'd really have the Crypt Keeper. He is, he's going Meg Foster. Oh, man. He's cracking up. He is. It is very Meg Foster-esque. <laughs> um, yeah, so... That's it. It's there's there's not a ton here, but it's not terrible, but it's it's you know, it's uh, what they wanted. They accomplished. And it's, you know, it's a, it's a good story. Uh, okay. And that is paired with Anatomy of a Fall. Now this won the Palme d'Or at Cannes. Highly anticipated movie uh from Justine Tre Treat? Treat? Trier? 
Trier. Trier. It's French. Uh, a woman is suspected of her husband's murder, and their blind son faces a moral dilemma as the sole witness. This thing is two and a half hours. Um, now, I will say, a fair amount of this movie is actually spoken in English. For, okay. For whatever that's worth. And I think that, here's the thing. Um, this movie's fantastic. It's, uh, and it's, it's getting a lot of praise right now as, you know, anytime you win the palm to or, and you get sort of that can spotlight on you, you know, that's, that's gonna, that's gonna carry a little weight, at least for a little while. So it's, it's. That's what it takes to get Clark out of the house and into the Alamo oh, well, oh, okay. I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'm more than happy to fill that answer. I'll tell you why I did that. <laughs> because I, I saw this movie, I saw this movie, um, be an advertiser, or whatever reason, you know, it came in, into my, I don't know, you know, it, it kind of brought me back to how things used to be where I, dude, I used every weekend would go to a theater very commonly like the Embarcadero to go see a movie like this. R.I.P. Exactly. Those days are gone. And yesterday just kind of felt like a throwback because like, I don't, I used to go watch foreign language movies all the time. And I don't do that anymore. And I think that you know part of it was because there there wasn't a ton to do for a long time, um, and then you know more and more theaters start to fall away here, um, and you know now we're just left with you know the Cinemarks, and mm -hmm. uh, we still got the Roxy and the Balboa and the, and the Alamo, but you know there's it, the window is getting more narrow uh, for opportunities to see these movies. Um, because, you know, more of the smaller theaters that would show the weirder stuff are, you know, have fallen away to the wayside. Um, well, it's not very cheap. Like, if you're talking about going to the Roxy, you want to Uber out there. You don't want to park on the street. Oh, yes, You want to eat around there. Like, dude, it's going to cost like a fucking hundred dollars to go watch a little indie movie. Well, that's what yesterday was. Yeah. Well, Alamo, they're always kind of pricey, but like. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I, I even had a coupon yesterday. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Have a little, a have my little soda coupon. Fuck. Oh, don't worry. I still got a free appetizer coupon. I'm going to use that next week with uh, Flowers of the Killer Moon. Um, How much was the soda? I remember you came and... It's $8. God damn. It's crazy. You can refill it, though. You can, but... They, they take their time with the refills. That's there, all awesome. There's a weird pressure, too. Like, I feel weird if I was to raise a card and be like, can I get another Coke? Hell no. I would feel weird. Doing Hell no. Because by the time I one, drink it, one refill, one refill, two refills, nah. That's why I asked for water, but even though they never gave me my water. Oh, shit. So a little upset about that. But <laughs> I will say this, two and a half hour movie, how many pee breaks do you think I took? None. Zero. I, I, I had faith in you. Not a single one. You did not smoke too many cigarettes and needed to go puke. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Um, okay, so, yeah, so yesterday, I don't know, it kind of felt like a throwback because... I feel like I have fallen on the wayside of a lot of uh, Im oh, important. I knew you. I knew you were trying to hold off from saying that, but it's fine. No, I mean, I need just you know a lot of foreign language movies that are people are talking about. Yeah, yeah. I used to be involved in that, and I'm not now. I I think, and I think a lot of that has to do with my lack of going to the theater compared to what it used to be. Mm -hmm. Um. Uh, for whatever reason. So, I don't know. Yesterday just felt like a throwback of like, hey, I want to watch this movie. I have trouble watching foreign language movies at home. So, I want to be in the theater, fully immersed, and I want to give this 
uh, movie the full treatment that uh, I, you know, that it, it probably deserves as and most movies do. Did it warrant the full treatment? Absolutely. Um, so here's the thing: this this movie feels it's very adult and it's very French. Now, those are two things that I I don't know I necessarily would put as uh, precursors to a good a good time at the movies. <laughs> But it works so well, and that's because the storytelling is very, very succinct. It's very clean. We know what we're doing the entire time. This movie is two and a half hours of one thing that happened. There's no, there's no storyline. There's no B storyline here. Um, a guy falls out of the top story, uh, out of the attic of his house, and his blind son finds his body. That scene was a little tough, you know, to see an 11 year old blind kid with his pretty little dog in the French, you know, mountains that's snowing everywhere. And he sees that it's his dad and he yells out for his mom. And, you know, um, there's blood. I mean, you can tell, you know, this man's dead. Um, <laughs> and then, of course, uh, she. Is that a spoiler, by the way? Or that happened early on? It's literally the poster of the movie. Okay. okay. Yeah. You see his dead body and his blood everywhere around his head. Which, if you got blood coming out of your head, that's not a good sign. It's aliens. That's right. Thank you that's so much. It's a callback to the X-Files. <laughs> so, <laughs> police come. Then she calls uh, a family, or, you know, a friend of hers who happens to be a lawyer. And then the lawyer comes in, and he kind of lays the law down. He was like, hey, here's the deal. They're going to come at you because you were the only one here, and you're the wife. So, they're going to look at you. Now, I will say that the movie opens up with um, she is a she is an author and he is a former author and uh, does music now. And what, like produces or writes music. Well, he was working on a mix. Oh, no. That is blaring <laughs> throughout the house while uh, the wife is trying to have she's being interviewed about her latest novel. And the, and the interview can't happen because the music is so loud. And we later learn that he's mad at her, and so he's just blaring this music. Now, the music that's playing is something that he's working on. Now, the, the music is like a reggae version of a 50 Cent song. And you keep hearing this. I don't know what you heard about me, but I'm a motherfucking P.I.M.P. <laughs> that oh song, my God. but it's like steel drums. Oh, I'm into it. And do, oh, well, then you should see this movie because they play it forever. And but it's it's perfect because you're, you it's you get this sense you're just unsettled the whole time. You wish the music would end, and you know then you got a dead body in the snow. And, um, and then they, they do it again when they try to recreate the fall, you know, with the blood splatter experts and everything. So she, she ends up going to trial for this murder and a good portion of this movie, uh, takes place in the courtroom. Now, very important thing here is that this is a courtroom, but it's a French courtroom Uh and I have never seen the inner workings of the French judicial system, but friends, I'm here to tell you, it's wild stuff over there. I don't know what is happening. Here it is. Powdered so, wigs. No. Here's the thing. Guillotine. It's like, maybe. Okay. <laughs> because, because, so, so, you know, obviously I think that, 
you know, with the American judicial system, everything is still pretty contemporary. And what I mean by that is in terms of the dress, you know, the judge is the only one, you know, the the judge wears a robe, but there's no, there's no nonsense around the robe. It's a black robe. You've got the gavel and then everybody can, you know, just, you know, look professional. That's it. No. There's there's a little bit more production, not not to the level of the the British judicial system with their whole yeah their their fucking who the, who the nonsense. Fuck knows? Yeah, here it's a little bit more. You know, it's more French to where the the fashion, uh, the the robes are are much more fashionable uh, than they are here in the American um, judicial system. Like for example, the prosecuting attorney. Um, he had like a red sash, and he looked like the Balenciaga version of Santa Claus. I mean, he, he, that thing looked so bizarre. And also, <laughs> there's I think like six judges. There's one main judge, but then there's other judges. I don't know what purpose they served. Now, the most the interesting thing here is that like let's say you know. If we're having a trial here in the states, Russ, mm-hmm. and um, I'm 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 the attorney, right? Yeah. And you're the key witness, so you're in the stand, oh, and I'm questioning God. you, right? Yeah. That's it. I can only talk to you, maybe the and the judge, if the judge peeks in, or if the other attorney pops in, but I'm not questioning anybody else other than you. Yeah. In France, you're the key witness. I'm the attorney, and let's say Oksana is the one on trial. So I can ask the key witness about something, then I can talk to Oksana about that, and then I can talk to you and back to Oksana. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. It seemed, yeah, so you can have these panel discussions when you're interrogating the key witness. What the fuck? Do they have a court reporter in there trying to type it all out? Like writing a script? So, yes. Um, the interesting thing with this is, and that's why you know, I said at the beginning of this review, is that um, a, a good portion of this movie is spoken in English. And I think that that's, that's a big part of the movie because um, Sandra Hewler. Good job. Uh, Hewler. She, she is, uh, again, uh, a great actress. She is from uh, one of my favorite films, Tony Erdman. Uh, she plays. I the was daughter waiting for that. that to pop up. She's great. Now she is German, and in the film she is German. She does not speak a whole lot of French, and she just moved to France because he wanted to move to France. So she, according to her, you know, packed up her whole life to to make him happy in France. Well, the French want her to speak French, so she's having to learn French to speak in this courtroom. Oh. But there are times to where she has to. She's like, I, I, it's too much. I have to speak in English. And when they do that, they all have earpieces on, and so then the translator starts to speak French when she's speaking English, so every all these other Frenchy frogs can understand the English that she's saying. God. So English plays a big part in the movie with communication, which is interesting because the son speaks French fully, but the only way the mother talks to the son is in English. Imagine if they did that out here in America. You're like, hey, you can't speak Spanish. You need to speak English. Imagine how that would go. Over. And it was even like a line in the movie where, um, again, there, there's a lot to talk about here because it's two and a half hours, and it's uh, it's great. Um, and I, I don't want to get too much in the plot 
with everything. I, ju- I just will say that a lot of it has to do <laughs> I don't want to put this. You're being very careful. Well, it's all about the whole thing is 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 kind of deconstructing uh the relationship and their marriage. Uh literally post mortem. Okay. And uh and then the son learning all of this information in court. Oh, brutal. And it's tough. Yeah, that's rough. And it's tough. And um they actually, and you know, the son actually closes the the case with a new revelation he came with, and um, it's he's like, I can see now, <laughs> and it, I'll, I'll say that that kid was great, that kid was great, and um, you know, I think, and there was a, you know, I, I got a little emotional there towards the end because there's a, a pretty, you know, when the, when everything's sort of tied together in the case. Um, you know, they, they did a great job with that. Also, um, a lot of dog play. The oh. dog plays a big part in the movie. Oh, there's a part. Oh my God. They almost killed that dog. Uh, it was a, it, it was touch and go with the puppy for a second. You're talking about like good boy, like dog play. Like you No, no. Um, also did anybody watch that? If you did email us, let us know. I'm curious. <laughs> no, I, I, I just, the entire movie is, is centered around, you know, marriage and communication beautiful and um the husband and the wife they had a fight Ooh. now here's the thing is that the husband he was a writer but he felt um emasculated from his wife because she was getting you know success she was a successful writer and he wasn't and he wanted to write and in fact the book that just came out uh that she was very successful was his, was his idea. Oh, shit. And he's like, what the fuck is up with that? And she's like, I told you, you inspired me. Well, anyway, they had this long, long, very orchestrated um, argument. Well, he recorded it because he started to record everything. Mm-hmm. And then they brought that into court. And so the son heard that entire oh, fight. Oh, shit. And, uh, you know, stuff like that was... Um, That's brutal. Yeah. But I will say, uh, I mean, top to bottom, it's just it's just very very well done. Um, I don't see how you know you couldn't enjoy this one way or another. It's not stuffy. Um, you know, these are all very relatable things while being French at the same time. Yeah, and I think that that's kind of a a cool thing to pull off to a certain extent. Um, because you know it's it's not the most um you know welcoming in that way but um again the perspective of our main character you know not being french and being thrown in this french trial um you know was was all very interesting um and i liked all the you know sort of narrative device it, it's just it's really good it's yeah. just a very 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 good film and uh, I had a great time. They could have avoided the whole trial if he just tattooed her name on his dong. You know, maybe, <laughs> maybe special features on the on the boy, dude. But then they would have been like, "But in what language should we tattoo?" That's it? right. <laughs> also, what are you doing? It looks like you're trying to flex your. Uh, you're trying to work out your length muscle. I know we were just talking about a dong, but not the length there. I'm talking about movie length. 
The burial was two hours. Now we're two and a half. I think you're getting ready for this weekend, trying to get in that three and a half hour territory. I know it, man. How are you going to do it? It's going to be... It's I'm, gonna, I'm it's dancing chore. right now, needing to go to the bathroom, and we have only been recording for like an hour, so I would fail immediately. Actually, I've been doing really bad in the theater with that. Yeah. Lately, yeah. You know, I think a lot of it has to do with the type of uh, seating in there. You know, I think the with the recliner seats, it's it's uh, it's always touch and go. Yeah, yeah. You know, because I think the the way that, you know, you're positioned, I think, well, at least with me, uh, there's more weight pushed down on my bladder. You know, the way that I'm sort of No, don't you completely positioned. lay out? You're like laying down. No, they no at like for example at Daly City those don't lay all the way down. The only theater seats that laid all the way down were at the aforementioned uh, non-existent Embarcadero Theater. I don't like that. Those I, those went far back. The um, Cinemark theaters uh, those could be used as dental chairs. They go too far back. Give I just need a little bit. No, nah, dude. I I I enjoyed. Being. When we saw that movie, uh, Martin Scorsese Silence, yeah. which was also three hours, Randy, by the way, hit rim cycle sleep in that thing. <laughs> but I was I was laid out. I mean, I was like I was going, but I was I was fine. I had a great time. I didn't, I didn't get sleepy at all. So if Billy got Randy, what do you think Randy would survive a saw trap? Like would he cut his own foot off? I don't know. Does Randy like puzzles? <laughs> That's a good question. He might just be like, eh, "Fuck it, I give up." I don't, I don't, I don't see Randy as a big escape room guy. No, although yeah. he is in that world, he's probably done many a team building exercise at an escape room. Well, you, we do know that he does enjoy throwing axes and bars. That is true. Oh, I don't know. He might come out strong, but uh, I don't know. We'll have to. We'll have to ask him. He's I, dead. There's no. Okay, so you're assuming he made it out. Well. Why do you think I've got a candle burning here? We can we can reach him. You got a Ouija board too. Yeah, okay, we, we can always reach him. Okay, either way, next week he'll be on the show. Yeah. Um. Oh, I didn't. I haven't rated anything. Oh my! I, I was going to ask you after. Um. Okay. So the burial out of twelve stars, give it a seven. Okay, out of 12. seven. Oh, or to make it easier, that's a two point three three on the four star rating. Okay. okay. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Uh. Oh man. Uh, anatomy of the, a fall. The anatomy of a fall. Thank you so much. I can't remember. Um, <laughs> I'm a little concerned you didn't go immediately. 12, 12 out of 12, Okay, man. I was going to say, I, what you the know, fuck? I you don't know. It's, uh, I don't know. I just, I miss that sort of. Uh, Drama. That pacing. Okay. I don't know. The the pacing and and. And just uh, everything was just very well done. I, the structure, um, there wasn't any extra bullshit, <laughs> you know. Tight script. And that's the thing is like, you know, we it's a two and a half hour movie, but there's no extra garbage here. Good. It's it's just really really good. I really think about an hour forty now. I'm like, is there going to be ten minutes of crap in here? Like once you get over ninety minutes, yeah. now I think about this it. Thing, there's no filler here. No. There's no filler. All right, so 12 out of 12, that is a 10 out of 10 on the 10-star rating. Oh, excellent yeah. math. <laughs> Just in case people were confused. All right, well, are you ready for Huluween, dude? Huluween. 
A businessman mysteriously wakes up in an open-air prison cell with only an old grist mill. Forced to work as a beast of a burden, he fi- he must find his way to escape before the birth of his child. Well, that's a hat on a hat. Also, you had a little bit of David Lynch in you there. I know, I burped kind of in the middle of it. As long as it's not a cigarette puke. This, uh, you know, I'm feel, we're good now. We're out. Of, I'll probably be smoking a cigarette within 45 minutes. Also, my favorite band. Thank you so much. Uh, this is starring Lil Ray, Lil Rel Howery. I like Lil Rel. He's fun. Um, here's the thing. This I would not necessarily put the. He's not doing comedy here. Um, this is a drama, sort of centered. Again, I I would I wouldn't classify this as a horror movie. Um, but Halloween, I, you know, it, Mark Halloween does not lie. Halloween is a very good title. I mean, what, but it's so know, dumb. It's I, you got to do it. You got to do it. It <laughs> no, works. I know, I know. They have the different tiers of scary. So maybe this one's just oh. not that scary. Oh it's, yeah. What tier was this dude? I don't, I, I don't, it, this may not be a part of Halloween actually. Oh, <laughs> it's a Halloween original. Oh, is it? Oksana, quick, before it gets to me, can you look up the tiers of the movies we watched? <laughs> I didn't even know that was a thing. I did look at the tears, but I don't remember this being in the tear. I, I just, I remember like, oh, I need something to watch. Click. <laughs> that's what we did. All right. Uh, Pat Healy is also in this. Uh, the great Patrick Fischler. Um, Ooh, who, what a name. Now, here's the thing. <laughs> Patrick Fischler, he's got a face. As, as soon as you see his face, you're like, oh, I've seen that guy in a hundred movies. Here's the thing. They never show his face in this movie. Oh. It's just his voice, but I can tell you, I knew exactly who it was. Patrick Fischler. I knew who it was. It's I like, knew from that voice. Dude, it's like a Dracula name. Or for something. for for our listeners, uh, I I would say that the you know the biggest you probably remember him as the guy who uh, in Mulholland Drive uh, took you to the dumpster uh, where you we all got scared. Oh, that's him. Thank you. God, it's the third week in October, and I just remembered our spooky noise. What's up? And a Patrick Fischler. He was also in uh, <laughs> Randy's favorite movie, Under the Silver Lake. Oh, fuck. Horrifying. Okay. Pat Healy is here as well. Pat Healy shows up in the last 10 minutes Boo. of this movie. He's moved into that world. The horror, like, put him on the poster. Yeah. Get him for an hour and we're good. That's pretty much it. Um, I think the majority of this movie is CG. Um, oh, that's a spooky. There you <laughs> They so basically, Lil Rail wakes up in this open air, essential prison cell um, with a dirt floor, and there's a giant old mill that very what is very similar to okay. uh, the Conan the Barbarian. Mill. I was just gonna say the only thing I can think of is the mill that he turned. It's a hundred percent. So does Little Rail leave this movie like ripped? <laughs> is he turning that mill? No, dude. He turns that mill so much. Dude. I, so it's a good workout. The thing is, is that he works for a company called Mallard. Ma- and the duck? That well, that's what it's called, is the duck. Okay. And Mallard is basically, I guess, sort of like Amazon or something. Oh, okay. It's like Amazon meets Apple meets BP oil meets <laughs> everything. Meets okay. the Koch brothers. Yeah. Mallard runs the world. And he and he was a Mallard employee. And um, essentially, this movie is all about, you know, evil corporations and selling out to, you know, your job and your job taking, 
you know, your life away from mm-hmm. you and yeah. all this shit. And uh, essentially, he was not performing well at his job. So they sent him to this prison camp. <laughs> and he has to turn this giant mill at least 50 times a day. And if he doesn't, someone dies, uh, gets terminated. Dun, dun, dun. And by terminated, they killed him. Dun, 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 dun. And, and the guy's like, how, how could this even happen? Patrick Fisher plays his roommate who's next door. We never Fischler. see him, but we, we only hear him through the vent. Oh, that's his, uh, his M.O. You never see his face. That's right. You never see his face. You only hear him. Oh, so it was like a reveal, but you knew from IMDb and you're like, that's him. Oh, no. From his voice, I was like, oh, that's 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 a Fishler. Okay. I, I, knew, it was, it. I knew it was P-Fish the whole way. P-Fish. Love me some P-Fish. And Kyle Fishler. So <laughs> what happens is that Lil Rel, he starts to spin this thing. He hits his quota. But what happens is, is that... You set a new standard. Once you go past, if you do the minimum, okay. if you do okay. the minimum, you don't do enough. Yeah. So you have to go above the minimum. So he had to go above 50. So then he hit 100. And then the 100 becomes the new standard. So then everybody has to hit Wait, 100. So they have to do round numbers? He couldn't do 51? No, I mean, it's just whatever he landed okay, on. Okay. He just landed on I got you. Um, and so then, but, and you don't see anyone else. We are only with little Rail. We don't go in any other cubicles other than Lil Rel. And there's some other storylines that are uninteresting about he finds a hole and then he tries to crawl out and then he wakes up in a cell again. Yada, yada, yada. Oh, the genre shit. By the way, do you want me to spoil this? <laughs> I, I don't know. Because I can spoil Here, it. Let me tell you right now from when you were talking about it initially, it sounded like I love your theme of corporations and like lawsuits and crime. And uh, it felt like this was going to be another like, oh, we hate capitalism. Yet the punishment fits more of a communist nature. Like if you're not pulling your weight, we're going to exile you, which is like the talk I have about all the time. Because, you know, everybody's like, "Ooh, communism, we can hang out and I don't have to do shit and they'll pay for me. It's like, no, they'll make you a slave. They'll kill you or they'll exile you if you're not doing anything. Yeah. But when you started talking about the mill, that sounds like corporate America to me, where it's like, oh, we have a retail store and you did amazing this year. Great. How are you going to do better next year? Yeah. And you just think how this isn't a, like you can't keep doing this. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, okay, you guys are touching on some some things here. But the the overall execution is just poor. Okay. And it, it and it's not a very um you're going to spoil Halloween, dude. Thoughtful approach to everything. What scare tier we got, Oksana? It won't show you unless you're logged in. <laughs> oh, come on. Thanks, Oksana. <laughs> I'm still looking. Okay. Um, it's got to be like a tier eight or something. This it, sounds it terrifying. Is, it is not scary. And in fact. Oh, no. What? You want the spoiler? I don't know. I mean, okay, let's talk. The audience won't hear I, I, this. I'll, I'll open the floor for questions. Well, here, here's the thing. Do we think our audience is going to run and check out, what the fuck was this called? The Mill? Um, well, I can tell you that at least uh, one of our faithful listeners have watched this movie, and I think he rated it two and a half stars. Okay. Who do you think is, that is? Well, since we only have three listeners, that's, that's right. like a third. I think we're okay. Who watched it? Randy. Nope. But it does start with an R. Robbie. Robbie. Okay. And he gave it two and a half. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, he did just quit his job recently, so maybe it's a corporate thing. And also, you know, I feel like since he saw it, I can spoil it. 
Because he gets mad. Well, because he is one of the people who complain. <laughs> so here we go. All we right. are spoiling Halloween. It was all a dream. Oh, boo. And, uh, as as uh, Biggie once said. <laughs> um, no, what happened is that it was a training simulation that the that Mallard was doing to make him better at his job and test his leadership skills. Because what happened is that he eventually, he, he kind of started a coup um, okay. to rebel against Mallard. And he actually, Pat Healy shows up uh, to terminate him. And then he kills Pat Healy. And then the and test then we, ends. And then Pat Healy's like, hey, buddy. Oh, what? And How, he was like, oh. He fake killed like, him? No, because oh, he gets out of the test. Okay. And yeah. he was like, hey, I just got out of the, I'm a little woozy myself. He's like, what do you think of our new training system? And he's like, what, what, what? Yeah. He's like, well, congratulations. You just got promoted. Let's go to your new office. Do, 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 do. And it's this completely like, Futuristic, very, very sterile, very, very CG, very, very empty, cavernous building that they go up to. And it's very sort of back roomsy, you know what I mean? And then they go to his office, which has no windows. And, you know, it's, and he's like, oh, well, welcome to your new home. And then he calls his wife because he's obviously emotional because he was in that, he was in that test for for a long time. Uh, like a year. But in real thought. time. But in real time, an hour. Inception. And so the movie ends when he, he hangs up on the phone because he's expecting a child and he's like, I'm stuck in here and I don't see my baby. And then he's, you know, that's my little real impression. Okay. <laughs> uh, we'll, uh, we'll clip that for YouTube. Um, and he, Pat Healy, yeah, it's like, you know, he leaves him in his office and then Lorel calls his wife, and then he hangs up. She's like, are you going to be home late? He's like, yeah, I got some work to do here at the office. And he hangs up. And cries. And then the movie ends. Uh, right before the movie ends, he says, <laughs> you know, because you got to deliver a good line for the movie ends. Yeah. And he just looks at – I don't know if he looks at the camera. Oh, no. But he, it's might as well. But he just goes, I'm going to burn this motherfucker to the ground. Credits. <laughs> I would have ended the movie. Now, I feel like I've watched it. You did such a good job running through it that I think he goes in the room. The camera gets a little bit distant. We give a little bit of room. Sits down. uh, It's a barren room. It looks very utility, not very comfort oriented. Calls his wife. He's like, hey, I got the promotion. It's a great day. I'll see you soon. Hangs up, cries, and then the camera just pans out. And we get to see a full shot of the room, and we're left with the future that is bright yet oh so dark. And he pulls out a shotgun. <laughs> no, because the real hell would be existing in this world that we realize we all occupy. Yeah. I, here were some things. It it was <laughs> there were some good ideas here. Yeah, the like over, the hole in the wall that you yada yada. That was dumb. <laughs> I, well, because I yada yada because it, it it all had to do with the the storyline in the movie that I just found sort of uninteresting uh, with Patrick Fischel's character. Fischel, um, but he did a good job. I, uh, yeah, it's it's not great. <laughs> okay, uh, out of twelve, baby. I wish I had a drum roll. Five right. out of twelve. Five out of 12. five point five out of twelve. 
No, there's no point five. I'm doing point. Okay, well, if you're gonna do a point five, then let's say on a four star system, this would be a one point six seven, which you would round up to a two, yeah. which on the twelve star would be a six. So you're really there. Okay. All right. That everybody got that? All right, good. Oksana, now what is the tier of spooky? <laughs> Inconclusive. Oh my god, what is <laughs> it won't show you anything and no one cares enough to write about it though. <laughs> Nobody cares about it. I tell you, you know, you know sometimes that. there's lists of Yeah. Oh, that's pretty funny. Nobody's covering the Huluween tier. There's no there's there's very little <laughs> spooky here. Uh you know, Pet Healy's face gets a little bloodied uh because he gets punched up, but uh Dude, that's kind of his thing, dude. Getting beat up in movies. Getting beat up and then laughing while he's yeah. while he's bleeding is also a thing. I don't know. I <sighs> I like the cast. Yeah. I like Lil Rel. I like Pat Healy. I like the fish. You know, I love me some pea fish, but the movie was just uh meh. Some good ideas, just the execution. Just I don't know. Need a little bit more scary, a little bit, you know. Yeah. If if we're going to Halloween, bring the spookies. Yeah. No spookies. Trick or treat. This no, was a it trick. St- it stopped playing for me. I think I broke the soundboard with with our Nigel ghost. All right, big dog. All right. I'm going to the bathroom. I've been over here dancing the whole time. It's probably why I have this great energy. Yeah. Because I'm leaking. From- That's fine. All right. I'll be quick. Hey, Russell, right, John, the fisherman. Are we ready? Let's do it. All right. Um, you know, I realized I pulled an audio clip for you to listen to. Oh, now because I have a because certain content on our show has has inspired people to um, call me all right before that I didn't I didn't want to play it on here but now I just remembered and it seems appropriate. Do you want to hear it? It's spooky adjacent. I don't I don't know. I'm concerned now. Okay, I well <laughs> it does involve the ex president uh, one Donald Trump. Okay. So just a warning, skip ahead 15 seconds if you want. Randy's uh, Godfather. If you're worried. Randy's Godfather. Okay, are you ready for a spooky Trump clip of the oh week? Oh, my God. Here we go. My people say, please, sir, don't mention the words insane asylum. Why? Because that's a vicious thing. I said, that's silence of the lamb. You know what that is? Has anybody seen silence of the lambs? Hannibal Lecter. How great an actor was he? <laughs> You know why I like him? Because he said on television on one of the, I love Donald Trump. So I love him. I love him. I love him. He said that a long time ago. And once he said that he was in my camp, I was in his camp. I don't care if he was the worst actor. I'd say he was great to me. (laughs) Man. The great actor, Hannibal Lecter. Hannibal Lecter. Dude, it's good to be in Hannibal Lecter's camp. Just not around dinner time. It's also a great time to be an American. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> we are doomed. Dude, I, I heard that and I was just like, I gotta pull that for clip. This is the, for clip. For Clark. That's the funniest thing ever. All right. Rand, love- yeah. R- Randy's going to get final cut here. Maybe you'll hear that. Maybe you won't. Maybe you'll hear the whole bathroom break. Like what happened on the final floor. Um. But I got a movie to talk about. And, you know, it's it's fucking Halloween, man. And I haven't been playing any goddamn... I sh- we should have got more of these in here. Room 343. Right? We got some spooky Cobra clips. Red wine. Yeah. Red wine. How- Red wine. Red wine. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm trying. I'm trying to make it more... Um, 
I actually thought about getting betting music for the whole show, but that would have drove me fucking crazy. And like you mentioned earlier, probably would have sounded like garbage. Now that our engineer's dead, it would have definitely sounded bad. Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes when we play stuff, it, it kind of goes in and out. Yeah, well, back in the day, I used to do it directly from the computer. Now I have everything running through yeah. the mixer, so it should be better. Uh, you know, does it sound bad? Let us know. Email us. All right, our turn. Our turn. I'm referring to myself, and I am Legion. There are many of me. So I will be giving things uh, ratings out of 24. Oh, God. Um, first up... <laughs> Uh, the movie that I texted Randy about, and I got a, a basically a warning response saying, well, I don't know, aliens? That's not Randy. He's highbrow. He only collects Criterion. I went back, and I did a fucking uh, Randy retread. It's the Randy retread. Um, I watched No One Will Save You. I know I mentioned this at the top of the hour, uh, but when you make a movie with no dialogue... And uh, it's hard genre. Like we're talking aliens here. And both Randy and Terrell loved it. The aliens are hard? The aliens are hard CGI. Okay. I was a little shocked that. Um, they didn't go Dean Aliato with it? No. Damn. I, that would have been good though. That, I mean, definitely creepy. Different movie? <laughs> you can't really tell. But if you stick this one. Honestly, I think you might like this one, Clark. You it's, know, I like talking. You don't really need it, though. Oh, you need it. So, again, and Subscribe to the Overlook Hour. Here's the thing. I uh, I watched the movie, and at the end, this is going to, I know, this is going to sound weird, but I'm like, what's this movie about? And I understand it's about a girl, and it's about aliens, and it's about a town that's kind of mean to her. But at the end of it, uh, I was thinking, what the fuck is this movie about? Normally, there's a through line or like a moral or a theme. And I had an idea, but, you know, I texted Randy to no avail. And I'm curious if anybody else saw it and want to talk about it, because I don't really want to spoil it. How long has this been out? Two weeks? And what tier of spooky is it, Oksana? Well, I think this is is very scary. It may be very, very scary. It's like a tier 99 or something. Practically 100. There are only three tiers. only have three. They're disappointing. Are you even sure? Can you even fact check that for me? I am sure. Okay. So it's probably like a tier 2.5. Oh, God. All right. So (laughs) the thing is, we have our main character, who's a pretty girl in a large house, is invaded by aliens. And also her town hates her. So I'm like, what's going on here? And I think it might be about um, self-reflection and how we can all use it. And much like in film, when you watch a movie, maybe you see something completely different than other people do. And it's a measure of you, not the movie. And I, I don't know. I just, I want to talk to somebody about it. Please text me. I need a uh, food for thought and I'm not getting it here on this show. So, uh, after that, I remember now what we were doing on Friday the 13th and it was not on Hulu. We're watching TV. Actually, let me, let me rate that other one. Fuck. Oh, you know what? It, this is tough because I've been up on Letterboxd pretty regularly, but the conversion Onto Instagram. Oh, God. So now I got to be careful because if Randy isn't dead, he's going to hold me to my review and pull it up and be like, you you were wrong. You gave it this. He'll do it. So, okay. Um, on a 12-star rating, I think I gave it a, God, an eight. I'm going to say, so it's an eight. Eight out of 12. 
Um, which of course, if you need a conversion, that would be like a 2.67 on the four star. Um, after that on Friday, everybody's out there at monster Palooza, Halloween horror nights. Everybody's having fun. Terrell's out there. He's reminding us of it all weekend. And I was like, Oksana, we got to do something. What the fuck are we going to do? And, you know, I've been on Letterboxd and I saw Robbie reviewed a movie called When Evil Lurks. And his review was pretty much a recounting of an experience he had in the theater. I'm like, wait, in the theater? What the fuck? So I looked it up and I said, hey, there's one at 3 p.m. Like, you want to get out there? We could go early. Uh, much easier to get a babysitter in the morning. And uh, we made it work. So we went out uh, when evil lurks in a remote village. Two brothers find a demon infected man just about to give birth to evil itself. They decide to get rid of the man, but merely succeed in spreading the chaos. Yeah, uh, that might sound a little bit like fun or like like goofy. Like, yeah. Oh, shit, we fucked up. And not to say that it's not a little goofy, but it is incredibly bleak and dire. This movie is Fun to watch if you're a horror fan, but I believe my Letterboxd review was like, it felt like Michael Haneke got hired by Jason Bloom. Like, to do Weekend at Bernie's. No, not, well, no, because that's only a little part. What I was trying to get at is this is a very genre forward movie, but it's also very brutal like Michael Haneke. Where the thing about Haneke is you would call them a, his movies horrific, but they're not horror movies. Where this one, we were dealing with like paranormal, demons, kind of. Very genre uh, fodder. Wait, here. what? What kind of fodder? Genre. No, I'm not doing that. It's oh, on a different page. Boo. He, uh, Billy got him like a year ago, okay. so we're too late. But um, yeah, it's it's like imagine Evil Dead two, but not funny. Like, and they really dive in. Like, there's That's no cartoonish gore. It's all meant to be real. This movie um also was pretty rough because you know it's a new age, and of course after I have a child. Every movie wants to have the most brutal child violence. And I think this movie takes the cake. Mm. There's a moment here, uh, very good storytelling. You saw it coming, which made me sit in my theater seat flinching for about three minutes as we built to the inevitable. And uh, it didn't disappoint. It was uh, horrific. It's tragic if you're a father and you just are along the ride for these horrible decisions. And, um, Oddly enough, this movie is so horrific that it makes me want to rewatch it because all the genre flair is there, but you don't really get to pay attention to it because you're kind of flinching or reeling from the trauma this movie is going to give you. Very good. I think it like if you're out here in the oh fuck, is it going to be playing past Monday? I know um, one of the listeners of the show, Sean, we've talked about him before. Uh, messaged us and said he was going to be seen at Monday. Now, it's only playing at the Regal, if you're in the Bay Area, which uh, has the worst fucking food. God, their popcorn is disappointing. And they make you walk like half a mile to go get the butter. Their their popcorn is no good? Oksana? It's, I mean, it was okay this past time. It's very salty, but they have self-serve butter, so you basically have butter on a quarter of it. So it's, I'm not a fan. How is their hot dog program? Uh, do they have one? I didn't even notice. I they were um we got their nuggets, I think, once, right? I know they had they a, got nugs. Yeah, but they <laughs> dude, movie theater nuggets feel like microwave freezer nuggets that yeah. I would be living on if I didn't know Oksana. And the worst part is that they had a like very fun, like, oh, on Fridays, which it was Friday and I didn't see it. 
they did the hot Cheeto popcorn. Oh, yeah. Where they were just mixing it. But I didn't see it. I was looking for it. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's regal. And it's a nice theater, too. You could tell they were going to be like, this is going to be the, the cutting edge of Bay Area thing, Yeah, it's yeah, it's just a shame. That's what I had. A, I had a pizza at the Alamo yesterday. What kind? I had the uh, the goat cheese, Brussels sprouts, and bacon. Oh, my God. Let's get a fucking real pizza. That's what I wanted. <laughs> How I, was it? I didn't taste any bacon. Oh, weird. But the Brussels sprouts were nice. We always get the angry pepperoni one. I know, it sounds almost like, I want the, the heat. Almost went the carnivore. Actually, I think we went half and half last time. I don't know. I like a little goat cheese. Yeah, you look like it. You don't, like, you don't like goat cheese? You eat it with your pinky out too? You oh, yeah. Pinky. Pinky's up. Um, When Evil Lurks is fantastic. <laughs> the gore is incredible. The uh, Everything about it is good. Uh, they even... Well, so, where is this from? Um, It's Spanish. It's from the director of Terrified. So is it from Spain? Do you remember that one? Terrified? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. It's his sophomore movie. I really like Terrified. Uh, Is it his sophomore? Yes. Okay, yeah. Dude, um, imagine imagine you pivot away from the comedy of Terrified and really like double down on the brutal- Terrified was really fun. It is. And scary. Well, imagine it being fun, but not fun. Like, this movie's fun. It's almost kind of like a road movie. We're going around a lot. We're doing a lot of shit. But it's at no point do you feel great about it. Like, it's a bunch of bad decisions being made. And you understand why they're being made, but they they play with tropes of horror movies so beautifully in this movie, too. Like, at one point, they're talking about all the things you're not supposed to do when in the presence of a rotten, which is a person who is being demon-possessed. And, um... We have a uh, grandmother character who's like, there, you don't know the rules? There's seven rules you need to follow, which already you're like, uh, that's a lot of rules. And she runs through them, but fails to mention one. They're like, wait, you're missing one. And she's like, I am? And they're like, that should be a rule. Like, you can't forget these rules. And there's moments like that where you're like, I feel like this should be funny. Yet, while that scene is playing out, I kept thinking the grandma was about to be, like, shot in the head or something. Yeah. So I was like, it's it's that car thing with Unhinged where I'm like, are they about to get T-boned right now? And the whole time I'm kind of, like, clenched waiting for a T-bone to happen. I can't. I really love this movie. It's um fantastic. See it in the theater if you can. Again. Um, and, yeah, Terrified is really good, too. So if you haven't checked that out, go back and look at it. The director had a segment. I'm guessing it's the Spanish segment in Satanic Hispanics. Oh, which also is great. So, dude, he's crushing it. And it rhymes. And it rhymes. <laughs> um, All right. When evil lurks. What do I got next? What am I going to talk about? You know what? Let's go back to Halloween. Now, um, I wish I knew the terror tier here because I'm sure it's off the charts. It's horrifying. It's horrifying how fucking dumb this shit is. Now, I should have known. I heard a rumor. I was in the front room when the rumor came floating down the stairs and said, Clark started this thing and turned it off 15 minutes in. Ooh. And I'm like, oh, I got I to gotta watch it. And of oh, course, yeah. we were talking about Monster Inside, America's most extreme haunted house. Uh, we f- follows the story of Russ McCamey, the Navy veteran turned master of horror who lures horror enthusiasts into his web. Um, now, if you heard... If you listen to this show regularly, you might have heard me talk about Reckless Ben and the YouTube documentary, really. It feels more like a documentary now having watched this. 
where he kind of infiltrated the McKamey Manor and kind of blew it up in a way that I didn't even know could happen, where the manor seemed to be fake. McKamey seemed to be a fraud. He had a bunch of weird people on the internet who thought he was real, but nobody had ever been there. And uh, honestly, Reckless Ben kind of did what this documentary is doing in a more effective and entertaining way with a lot of cinema verite style documentary. He was actually there. He had actual footage of him. He actually showed manipulating the contract so he wasn't owed 50. He didn't have to pay out $50,000 when he broke it. In this Huluween one, they do the more traditional routes, all talking head. We open up with a little bit of background on uh, Rust, which I... I knew when I talked about him on the show, I kept saying he was from SoCal. And then when we watched the um, uh, Reckless Ben, I'm like, oh, fuck, he's not even from California. In this one, they mentioned that he ended up moving at some point. Yeah. So I so I remember this sort of pays for my 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah. I watched at the beginning. They, they talk about the early stages of McCamey Manor, which is where... I think I started hearing this, it being in San Diego. Yeah. And then he moved to Tennessee. Exactly. So I felt a little validated there. Yeah. But they also, they did a good job of showing how his haunts kind of grew out of something wholesome, where he had a lot of kids from the neighborhood. He he basically did what our former third chair, Justin, does every year, where they put on a big show for kids and really try and have like trick-or-treat culture happen. You spend, but Russ McCamey was spending half a year on this one night event. And then they started uh, to show how they amplified and amplified and they had kids actually in there acting and it kind of turned into a more of a traditional haunt where you're scaring people. And then he stopped hiring kids and then it stopped letting kids in. And then it kept growing into this weird thing. And they try to paint this picture of him being like a military vet. He was part of the Navy and maybe they're implying that he had PTSD and now he's on some weird villain arc where he's trying to live out his Guantanamo Bay fantasies in, you know, suburba, suburba, suburbia nowhere. Suburba. And, you know, you can kind of buy that, but who gives a fuck? Suburba sounds like a, uh, a Star Wars pod Suburba, racer. yeah, it does. Oh, suburba. Suburba. Um, yeah, so they, they paint this picture. Suburba. But at the end of the day... At the end of the documentary, they're like, oh, no, actually, I think there's a there's a point in the beginning where like, we don't go to McKamey Manor, but they don't mention that Russ isn't a part of this documentary and they actually have like no real footage on like his new premises. It's all they have a bunch of real footage because it's out there. He put it all up on YouTube. Yeah. So it's kind of like, dude. The fucking Reckless Ben shit was better. And they don't really, they spend a lot of time with like, I'm going to air quote now, the victims of this, who all seem fine. They're like, you know, I think back on it and it was really rough. And I'm sure it was. He was basically torturing you. But these people aren't, it's not like the traditional kind of victim that you would paint in a documentary like this. These are motherfuckers who are looking for this kind of like edgy entertainment. And he knows that. And he does. And he would push them beyond their limit. And, you know, he really did beat the shit out of that one girl. I think she had a couple broken bones. And they had a a moment where the dude who was filming it at the time asked him, like, why did you do that? And he's like, you'd be surprised how far you'd go for the right footage. And I'm like, that'd be great for a found footage movie. Unfortunately, this is a talking head documentary. And the aesthetic feels like it's ripped right out of fucking Netflix. Like they had that very two camera setup, dramatic lighting. Um, It... There was just no artistry in the art here. Yeah. So this director, um, oh no, 
He's been on the it's show. Funny, former you said guest. Netflix. He directed Untold. Jake Paul, the Problem Child. Oh, <laughs> Dude, this Pepsi guy rips. Pepsi, where's, Pepsi, my, where's jet? my jet? Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, dude. This, so he is from Netflix. Fuck yeah. Dude, this dude rules. Watch your mouth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then I feel validated by my um, breakdown. <laughs> At the end of the day, um, the fucking Reckless Ben shit. One, it's on YouTube, and we all know people don't think of that as cinema. Two, it got flagged and shadow banned and pulled. Three, it went up on a different channel, and they had to, like, repackage it as educational to find a loophole. It's just, it's become hard to find. But if you've even seen only one installment of that, it's better than this whole fucking documentary and shorter. So I recommend yeah, you don't watch annoying. it. Yeah, but he's annoying. Who? Ben. Yeah, but so is Russ. And I think having a head of the documentary kind of give him a taste of his own medicine, it feels yeah. kind of good. Yeah, it's just, it's just, it. you know what it is? It's like two parasites fighting one another. Yeah, they're both kind of like vying their own. Well, the thing is, Ben is doing, like, what do you think about people who do investigative or kind of gotcha journalism? That's the other thing. You know, it's a slippery slope. Yeah, so they're made for each other. And honestly, he got a lot out of Rust that... Like, like candid, like he's talking to him on their location, looking like a fool. And the guy's like, I don't, his battery ran out. Oh, my battery's about to die. My battery died. Talk his, about a privilege moment. <sighs> um, ben posted something three days ago, the McKinney Manor, the yeah, truth. I watched it. Well, I watched the first. It's one of the little panel things he does. Oh, okay. Where he's like, well, guys, the next video's coming out, and boy, is it going to be something. Yeah, I know. I don't know. I'm over it. He even mentioned- I'm team I'm team McKamey. Uh, Russ even mentioned, I think he tried to use this as a way to dissuade Reckless Ben, was like, oh, there's a documentary coming out, so I'm not talking to you. Yeah. But it's like, then you watch this, and you're like, well, you didn't talk to them either. So, I, whatever. He's a fucking freak. Um, there was one moment where one of the uh, prior victims heard that he was working at the Walmart that he tells people not to go to. Yeah. So she has a camera on her and she goes in there and uh, you're like, oh, what's going to happen? Like, this is going to be good. He's at work. He's kind obviously he's embarrassed. And she goes up and goes, oh, hey, OK, thank you. And she just purchases the item she brought up and leaves. And she's like, I know I went in there. And I was ready to confront him. But once you, once you look in the eyes of somebody you know who's a sociopath, you just can't do it. You can't. And I'm like, oh, my God. Was he working the checkout? Yes. Oh. <laughs> it was like the hardware department or something. Damn. Yeah. So uh, out of 12, I'm going to go ahead and give this a, uh, I mean, should I really? I think I'm going to give it fucking two out of 12. Oh, We're going God. way low. Actually, I think I give it four. I think I give four out of 12 because here's the thing. I don't hate this documentary. I just really think they fumbled the ball. And if you're going to do a one star again, a two on the 12 star rating is a one on a five star. So I've always got that in the back of my head. And I think I didn't hate it. I just would recommend people not watch it. Yeah. Um. All right. Huluween terrify rating three. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. All right. And then it's October. So every week we're going to get, Five VOD hits. There's a lot of new horror movies coming out. And um, our good friend Marbles, RIP, she used to have this thing where she would always talk about man movies. I believe she made a list on Letterboxd where it's like, you know, the bye-bye man, the cricket man, the tall man, like anything with man. So when I saw a man movie coming out, 
called The Puppet Man. I know. I was in. Uh, the Puppet Man, a convicted killer on death row, always maintained his innocence and that it was an evil force controlling his body as he slaughtered his victims. Uh, there's more, but I'm not hitting the real read all button. Um, this movie's fucking weird. We've got basically what feels like a mid-aughts kind of post-scream, not scream, like kind of like Final Destination is the vibe here. The lighting is very noir. It's a lot of dark settings, but we have a bunch of college kids, so it's kind of like urban legends. And uh, there's killers going around. And um, Michael, our female lead named Michael, which is so hard to get around. Me and Oksana three... T- I you never heard of Michael for a girl? No, line? have you? Yeah. I grew up with a Mary Michael. Well, her name's Mary, though. It's Mary Michael. Mary hyphen Michael. Mary Michael. Well, I know a Mike no Anthony. Hyphen, no I've hyphen. never called him Anthony before. Well, it's just, you know, okay. courses for courses. Well, what is it short for? Michelle? No, it's just Michael. I think at one point her dad refers to her by her full name, and it's not Michael. Michaela. Mich- oh, my God. That could work. Here's the first problem with this movie. <laughs> you know, I'm going to be brief here. I... I'm in the weird territory where I think I'm going to forget about this movie, but there's a thing that I really loved. I like the poster. The poster is cool. The vibe is cool. The first two thirds are good. Yep. And we're building up. And then there's a moment and this is all I'm going to really do. Uh, so she starts wondering, God, I got to give a little bit more context. She's having an argument with her roommate whom she trusts and she learns that the trust was betrayed. So while they're on the roof partying, she gets mad at her. And then her roommate jumps off the roof and dies. And she starts thinking, did I do that to her? So the movie turns into, is there something paranormal going on? Maybe my dad really didn't kill my mom on purpose. Maybe he was being controlled. And it turns into a kind of pretty girl ghost mystery mixed with like a slasher cast. Um, There's a moment where the movie shifts from being really like amping up good to... Oh, no, I feel like we jumped the shark. And there are two kills happening juxtaposed against each other. And we're just cutting back and forth. And one of them takes place in the library and is a fantastic fire kill. And I'm just like, man, they did a good job here. The other one is a uh, our jock character benching and dying on the bench. And I'm like, wow, we really went lowbrow uh, over here, like it reminded me of Final Destination where we have the complicated. I remember I watched a bonus feature on how they designed a fake machine workout so that it could so that the weights could come down and crush somebody's head, mm. which I love. But it is very stupid. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of shit where if you're not a horror fan, the movie is just now you can't even talk about it. Like You hate it so much. We don't go that far here, but it's. It's lowbrow fruit we're munching on when this guy gets it. And it's just so weird to have them intercut. And then when we move on from there, it's all fucking wackyville now. We have, um, we're doing a carry kind of thing, kind of. That's not a spoiler. We have a bunch of police. Like, we've, we've gone into the deep end narratively here. We've involved the police, and some of them die. And it just, mentally, you're like, well, how could they ever get away from this now? Like, there are security cameras. Also... A character may jump off a bridge to try and kill themselves. And uh, unfortunately, that's not what the demon wanted. So they get reversed back onto the bridge in a hilarious uh, effect. 
And I'm just like, whoa, we went that far now? Yeah. And then we're just, we're, we're deep into Wackyville. So, you know, I had to give it like, oh God, what's a three and a half on a 12? <laughs> I've done so much math with this conversion today that I'm starting to oh, burn eight. out. I go nine, eight or a nine. Okay. That's very high. Yeah. It feels high. That's yeah. another benefit of the 12 star rating. Let's just call it a seven. No, that's good. Well, I think I'm, I'm feeling more like eight. Cause you know, now I'm thinking back on it. I did have fun. Um, I should mention, I believe the director was somebody. Cause when we looked it up before. We're all somebody. Uh, super host. If you watched that film, I believe that was another, was that shutter or Hulu? I think it was shutter. I think it was shutter. Um, Z, they did uh, visual effects on Influencer. the influencer. Yeah, they've done a lot of visual, but they also directed a few movies. Um, Z, Stillborn, Stranger. Yeah. This one, it was almost there. You almost got it. Uh, but there's, there's stuff to be had. If you're looking for a fun film, check that one out. And then I got one more. Do you want to throw anything in here? Uh, other than we're about to hit our fifth hour of recording. I know. I know. And I want to die. I get it. I am excited about this because I almost watched this, but then I realized my Netflix subscription lapsed. Don't. We got you covered, bro. Thank you. Um, also, we've been recording for so long because we forgot how much Scott Sloan can talk. As he'll be on the Thursday episode promoting Malibu Horror Story. Oh, yeah. Yes, it's finally coming out. I know so many people have been like, how the fuck can we watch this movie? Two years ago, we had him on the show. Um, he's back, and it's coming out. 19 months. I, come on. You can give me two. Months. We can round that up. Is, that is two and one-ninths oh of a baby. Oh, my God. What is 19 months? That is, two, the- that is two full babies and then an abortion-eligible baby. <laughs> How many thumbs, though? We need a conversion chart for month to thumbs. What? No, right. we don't. <laughs> All right. So I watched a movie on Netflix. Again, this is the... Oh, shout out to Screenbox. I didn't get to watch it, but I wanted to watch Heebie-Jeebie. That uh, anthology film that looks a little bit like, I don't know, uh, trauma, but like in a good way. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Do you have Screenbox still? Yeah. We should try and watch that. Scream back, scream back, baby. Okay, but on Netflix, I watched a Swedish horror comedy. Oh. Which, I mean, you know, I love the horror comedy. And when I missed out on Totally Killer. And how do you feel about the Swedes? They're okay. Okay. I got a little bit of them in me. And, you know, I'm self-deprecating and I hate myself. So eh, they get a little bit of that, too. Uh, The conference. A team-building conference for municipal employees turns into a nightmare when accusations of corruption begin to circulate and plague the work environment. There's more, but I'm not clicking read all. This film is really good. It's a really good. When you know, I realized Thanks, something. Mario. <laughs> it's a really good. It's a really good. Um, I realized something that I need my horror comedy to be nested in. Highbrow art. Yeah. So this, and I mean, highbrow art, we're doing the teal and orange. You know, I've been, I've been doing the editing and I've been doing color grading. We're full teal and orange here. So we're in like a 24 tone and highbrow. It's a foreign film. Like we're stacking up all these Randy points right here. Right. And it's a slasher movie and it's a comedy, but the comedy is kind of like British tone. Like it's kind of dry. It's not like a laugh out loud. And well, in this case, I would say it's Swedish. It's tone. Swedish. Oh, well, do, do they have like a tone for comedy? 
Like I, I know the Britain is kind of I'm, famous for that Monty Python kind of dry humor. And that's what I was getting from here. Yeah. And honestly, I fucking really like this movie. It's got a dumb mask, which made me worry. I like the mask. But I like it a lot now, too. It looks too. cool. Um, wait till you see it in the movie. It really executes well. It looks like he's a, a fast food mascot. Which, he's the mascot of the mall. Somebody brings it, and they're like, hey, I'm, I'm, what, what the fuck was his name? Do you remember Oksana? Um, Oily or, or something. I don't know. Suey. It's really, it's not Suey. It's not a pig call. It is not his name. I imagine it's not oily either well the thing is (laughs) whatever you said the thing is he's silly oily he's supposed to be like a a salt of the earth kind of like minor type character yeah um so good this movie one on one level has all of the atmosphere and look the aesthetic of an a24 film and no our audience loves that it's got the tone of a uh dry comedy but it, it a lot of jokes here and oh my god one of my favorite things. There's a couple of like um, douchebag. Like you would love this because it's very corporate world, like cynical. Yeah. There's a couple of like the, I'm the alpha dog in the office and I'm a snarky dude that everybody fucking hates, but I love myself. And then he has his like lackey, which is like the worst version of him. And there's a moment where they're both in a jacuzzi and they're just like, Wolf of Wall Street. That's a great movie. And they're like, yeah, yep, it is. And I, that made, that moment made me so happy. I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. Which says a lot about me. <laughs> but the horror, dude, the gore is there. The kills are there. It's like a whoever made this movie is a fan of horror. And none of these genres, the Venn diagram, doesn't take shots at any of them. So it's just a highbrow, beautiful comedy horror. I do I really liked it. And um the movie that you opened up with, talk or the mill, it's kind of in that territory where we're we're talking a little bit about like uh, I don't know, the colonialism of capitalism, where it's like you move into a small town, you kind of change the whole culture of that town to bring them all in, which is what they're celebrating. They're on a retreat because they're about to break ground for a mall in a town that doesn't want them. And uh, you don't know who's under that mask, but somebody really doesn't want them there. Interesting. I really like this one. Um and, you know, I did I did have a little bit of FOMO and Totally Killer. I don't know why. I feel like I'm not going to like that movie. I was talking to Dutch. You know, it's a whore in the high desert king. He knows film. And he's like, it's really good. Terrell's like, it's really good. What movie? <laughs> totally Killer. You don't remember that one? Horror comedy. It's a time travel horror comedy where uh, a new Gen Zer goes back to the 80s and is like, that's racist. No. I know, right? It sounds like a blast. Yup, sounds sucky. She would have loved that clip we played of our ex-president, which may be cut and maybe you didn't hear it. But uh, yeah, right? Totally killer. There's a poster. Oh, no, thank you. I know, I know it wouldn't be your cup of tea. And honestly, when I watched the conference, I was like, dude, this is a movie that Randy and Clark could probably get behind. So I'm glad I could bring it to you. I'm not going to spoil it. And I think I am done. How many stars? Oh. <sighs> If I'm being honest, I haven't finished it yet. <laughs> oh my! You know, here's the thing, Scott. God. Scott, we love him to death. We love Scott to death, and I don't mean that. I mean, I, I don't mean that as a joke. Oh, I mean the that exposure from the, from the. I I couldn't lie. I couldn't lie. I appreciate our extended family out there in the pod world, and I, you know, I I warned you. I slated time. I'm like, hey, I'm gonna try and finish this movie before me and you start recording. And then we just talked to fucking Scott forever. 
And I'm like, I can't ask Clark that. He's already puking in the bathroom. He's going to get violent with me. Didn't puke. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? Fuck it. So I got a little bit left. I'm more than halfway into it, and I love it, though. Tune in next week where maybe I have to take back everything I said about this movie, but I have a good feeling I'm not going to. All right. Right? Is that I fair? appreciate your honesty. All right. Thank you. All right. Well, we did it. We uh, we survived halfway through the spookiest month of the season. Halfway. We did it. There's a lot more to come. Get ready. I'm sure Billy's not done. Well, let's see if I survive my torture in the warp dimension this Saturday. Again, and if you want to tune in, I believe it's a Zoom marathon. So I have a link. Just DM me. I'll probably throw it up in the Discord. We'll make it available. Come uh, watch me die. And then uh, speaking of die, we're we're going to resurrect Randy so he can be back here next week in studio. Well, okay. That was planned. But we have to try and call him when we get out of here. Billy doesn't fuck around. You hear how dark those two sentence horror stories are. Uh, they, they keep getting darker. They're darker. <laughs> All right. Uh, any other notes of import before we uh, skedaddle? Um, no, we got Scott this week. If you haven't been keeping up with our interviews, go back. They're good. We have Krua and Leroy from two weeks ago. <laughs> Deliver us. Hey, those of you that checked out Deliver us were like, hey, this movie's fucking good. It's the sleeper. If you've been disappointed by The Nun 2 and Exorcist Believer, it's because you should have been watching Deliver Us. Um, after that, we had Chris Good Goodwin. Uh, he's the guy who fucking works with Slasher Victim and has lived to tell the tale. Also, he's exactly our target audience for this show. He loves the highbrow. He goes back in time and watches shit from 1940. Yeah, he's, he's a movie Ford. junkie. He's a movie absolute junkie. And... Um, Go listen to him. We went long with him because he's got a lot of movie knowledge we wanted to tap and, into. Yeah, let's be honest. We'll go along with probably a fucking jar of <laughs> snot at this point. <laughs> oh, God. Five hours today. Mamma mia. But we did it. Here we go again. It's kind of upset. Uh, Oksana, please uh, take us home. Leave our listeners with something to chew on until the next time they hear our voice. Be sure to watch the new Glory Hole Friday at 11 p.m. Pacific. There we go. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of the Overlook Hour. And if you would like to hear more, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your podcatcher of choice is. And while you're there, go ahead and give us a rating and or a review, which is a very easy way for you to support this show uh, that we bring to you every week for years now, free of charge. And as always, you can find us on YouTube at The Overlook Theater, Instagram at The Overlook Theater, Facebook at The Overlook Hour, and Twitter at The Overlook Hour. Last but not least, you can send us your emails and tell us how much you like or dislike the show at overlookhour at gmail.com. And if you're nice, maybe we'll uh, read them on the show. I've been your engineer, Randy Stat. Please join me along with Clark, Russell, and Oksana again next time. Bye.